Well, today we want to acknowledge all birth, adoptive, foster, and spiritual fathers and grandfathers. And we also want to take a moment to acknowledge also that for some, today is a difficult day. We recognize that. Within Canada, you have Christmas and you have Easter and then you have Mother's Day. Do you know where Father's Day ranks in Canadian celebrations? It ranks right above St. George's Day. No, no, the answer is not 20. If you saw that on TikTok, that's the United States. We live in Canada. It ranks right above St. George's Day. Does anyone here have a clue what St. George's Day is? Well, if you were born in Newfoundland or Labrador, you would know it's a provincial holiday there. But if Father's Day is right above St. George's Day, it also gives you the understanding of how difficult fatherhood is for many. And so we acknowledge that and we understand that. And like Chris shared during his testimony and during worship, um, whatever your earthly father isn't or wasn't, we want you to know your heavenly father perfectly is. And your heavenly father is never a consolation prize. We do not diminish whatsoever the impact of your earthly father, but your heavenly father is everything that we need. And today, as a man, we just also want to lean into what it means to be strong. And there are plenty of voices right now in the world that are attempting to shape just what it means for a man to be strong, to refine or to define what that is. In fact, if you are young and you're single and you are dating, you can find that the definition of what it means to be strong varies from person to person, from friendship to friendship. For some people, you will be strong enough, and for others, you will never be strong enough. And so there's lots of voices. If you watch anything on TV, whether it's a trivial Old Spice commercial, and yeah, I just dated myself actually saying there are things called commercials trivial Old Spice commercials to in streaming series, the men are oftentimes of a family, the bumbling, ignorant, dumb-witted, lazy depiction of what a man is. You see it again and again and again, this stereotype. So on one end, you can be formed by this, this frivolous, silly, careless dad, but on the other end, you can be equally pressing, which is sometimes for men, the dominant message is really to be strong in their masculinity. Be lions, to succeed, to conquer at all costs, to provide, you know, without exception. And even in church, if you pay attention, sometimes the underlining message can be on Mother's Day, women, you are amazing, and that is true. But on Father's Day, the dominant message towards men could be men, you need to do better. So a lot of men, when it comes to church, when it comes to religion, when it comes to following Jesus and Christianity, before they even begin, they've already given up. Because they're being formed to be strong. And if you don't feel as a man you can be strong in this area, then you will default to areas where you can be strong. Now, not in an open forum like this, but if you got every man alone, who is a father in any which way, the number one thing that we would all share is our overwhelming feeling in seasons of inadequacy. That we in and of ourselves are not strong enough for what the moment requires. 
that we are faced with things as men and as fathers that are over our heads. And so we can either live into, as my friend says, we can either then live into a poser system, an opposer identity, and we can play the part of being a strong man, of really knowing on the inside who we are, or we can be genuine with who God has created us to be. And as men, we want you to know one thing today on this Father's Day. We're going to tailor the message towards men, but it's really applicable to all of us. That if your strength is your go-to exclusive source, if your strength, your wisdom, your intellect, your compassion, your emotion, your finances, if you are the source of everything, the dominant message to your life, men, is not do better. It is a good, it's good news that there is a deeper well and a deeper source that God has and desires for you to drink from. The word of the Lord to each of our hearts and lives, which we're going to get at in a moment, is found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, which says this. It says to be strong. Everyone say be strong. Be strong. And it doesn't say to be strong in your intellect, your masculinity, your personality, your bank account. It doesn't say any of those things. It says be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Not again, not in the strength of your might, in the strength of his might. Not merely strong in your field of work, personality, hobby, masculinity, or achievements, nor if applicable, always be exclusively strong in yourself for your spouse and for your family. Be strong in the Lord is you and I connecting to a different source and a deeper well than merely ourselves. Being strong in the Lord requires for men a genuine relationship with Jesus, which pause will probably look different than the women in our lives. As followers of Jesus, as men, it is connecting to a genuine, notice I didn't say a just traditional one, or just a religious one, or just a charismatic one, or just one that you've seen, it is you as a man having a genuine relationship with Jesus as Lord. Now, in 2023, we don't use the word like my Lord, my Lord, often. We use a different word, word, and it is capital L, leader. And here's what is true. As a man and with every man that I have got to know, here is one thing that is true. If I've learned anything, it is that men will not follow someone that they do not admire. They may comply if they're a boss and they have to, but that's all you're going to get is compliance. Men, I want you to know, we do not, Jesus does not want your compliance. He wants your heart. He wants your fellowship. He wants you to see him as one that is worthy of you following. And so there's our first Father's Day question in 2023. Men, honestly, Think for yourself today, throughout the course of this day at some point, do you see Jesus as one worthy to follow and to be like? Do you see becoming like Jesus being better for every facet in your life? Everything that you are stewarding in this moment or the season ahead. Again, if fatherhood has taught me anything, it is how much I need a deeper source than myself. Each of my four children are extraordinary. 
in every regard. Yet each of my four children go through things and experience things that are beyond what I have the capability in the moment to engage as a dad. I as a dad make them experience things that are beyond what they are ready to experience and want to experience in life. And so as followers of Jesus, one of the ways that we are called to be marked and different in the world is when we get to the end of ourselves, that's not all there is. There is a different well and a deeper well that is actually not complicated to tap into. It just requires some different thinking that we're going to hone in on today. Second question is this. Have you ever really, as a man, especially if you've grown up in church or around religion, if not, this may be you, for you as well, but especially if you, you've heard the name of Jesus a lot, have you ever stopped as a man and genuinely pondered the quality of man that Jesus was? As the epistle says, that he laid off his godhood and he came in the form of a man. No, I really want you to think about it. I want you to think about who Jesus was as a man. He was a hardworking man. He was a carpenter. He knew how to build stuff. He was in the trades. He knew his father's business in heaven, but he also knew his father's business on earth. He knew what it was to make a living. For 30 years, this was his identity. It's only the last three and a half years that we really see all the ministry stuff. Men, here's what I want you to know. It's not how you begin. It's where you let God move. That's absolutely extraordinary. Now, Jesus let God move, obviously, throughout the, full, the whole 30. But what I'm saying is simply this. Oftentimes, we overvalue the last three and a half years of Jesus' life. We don't need to devalue it at all, but we minimize the first 30. Men, if you are quiet, making a Jesus-sized difference, that's what he did for the first 30 years. He was simply known by his family and his neighbors, being very, very faithful. Have you ever thought of him and how he cared for his, what, his mom? Have you ever thought of him as he cared for his siblings? What about how Jesus was as a friend? Jesus picked 12 friends, and in his greatest moment of need, they deserted him. But you know the one thing Jesus never did as a friend? He never deserted them. Think about Jesus as a friend, just purely practical. And what about Jesus living a life on mission? We have seen empires like Rome rise to the most powerful men and fall, and Jesus' kingdom still marches on. You talk about a leader with a vision who instills it into 12 individuals that none of us would have picked, and his organization is still picking up steam. Tell me another one 2,000 years ago that's still increasing like his. Think about Jesus as a leader. What about think about Jesus as a sacrificial man, knowing what it is to give for his family, but for us now, a part of his family. Think about Jesus being one who is bold, confronting the things and culture that he needed to stand against, and simultaneously think about Jesus being really, really tender when someone is incredibly vulnerable and thrown at his feet and being used and abused by the culture, and he knew when to be bold and when to be tender. Think about Jesus as a faithful man. Just think about him as a man, and I think what you will discover is that he is one, he is the greatest one worthy to emulate for every single facet and fiber of our lives. And the question then would be then, how was Jesus able to be and to do all these things? 
And the answer is that Jesus dedicated his life to learning how to be strong in, everyone say strong in, and live from his father's strength, not his own. And this is the subtle difference. And he showed us how we too can live in the world in this way as men, and yes, of course, as women. And this is what the apostle Paul is driving at in Ephesians chapter six. That us as men, that being strong in the Lord is living our Christian life or it is following Jesus, it is experiencing spiritual warfare while learning to trust not your earthly resources but the heavenly resources that are available to you as a man in God's kingdom. Paul's imagery in Ephesians chapter six to the church in Ephesus is meant to give us a real-time picture of what this looks like on a daily basis. And so men, there are five things that every single one of us do. There are five things that every single one of us do. We just perhaps may need to continue to do them or begin to do them with greater intention. And these five things are this. Put on, as a man, how many of you gotta put something on every day? Can I see your hands, please? Well, number one, you gotta put on clothes, okay? Just to start the real, the bottom basic here. How many of you, when you walk into work, you gotta put on a smile? Some of you are like, nope, where do you work? <laughs> are you a border agent? They never smile. <laughs> never smile. Go for your passport, don't you dare smile. <laughs> Put on, don't wrestle, don't take the bait, take up, stand, and persevere. Put on, don't wrestle, Stand, take up, and persevere. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God. Everyone say the whole armor. The whole armor. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Not your spouse, of the devil. Not your kids, of the devil. Not the government, not the devil. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes and amen. Yes and amen. May you never win the cup again in Jesus' name. Okay? That's what, I that's what I would have done if it was a tie question. I would have said, who here is the Leaf fan? If the hand went up, I would have said, you lose. And even, so, I know I still have some work to grow to being more like Jesus, but nevertheless, it does come out from time to time. So put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Putting on the whole armor means men entirely commit to following Jesus. That's what it means. Yeah, there are some specificity that we can get into, and we will towards the end. But putting on the whole armor of God does not mean follow perfectly. You never will. Is there a man here who has ever followed Jesus for an entire year perfectly? Can I see your hands, please? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, and I said as a man, by the way, here too. No, I'm kidding. But as a man, it's not possible, is it, to follow Jesus perfectly? Now, some of you grew up with earthly fathers and the driver of your life was be perfect and I want you to know that is not the driver of your heavenly father. But the heart of your heavenly father is for you and for me to be all in. It is that we fully commit. It is that you and I would fully commit. If I use an athletic illustration, athletes that go half measure often get injured. 
Athletes that go half measure often get injured because they are designed to play at maximum output. Half measure as a man is trying to have enough of God and the world that I'm good. This will wound you as a man and it'll wound others. Being all in men, and I say this with my whole heart, is allowing God to heal our minds, allowing him to heal our emotions. Some of us as men had, did not have modeled for us healthy men with healthy emotions, and we need the Lord to heal this area in our hearts and lives. Some of us, it's other areas, but being all in is letting God move and work in every facet of our lives. Put on the whole armor of God. Why do you need the full armor? Because you never know where the next attack is coming from. If you knew, then maybe you could tailor pick it, but you don't know. Your spiritual enemy, he does not know the future, but he's been around long enough to know how to attack. It goes on to say in Ephesians 6, verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Turn the person beside beside you, look them right in the eyes, and even if you don't know them, just look them right in the eyeballs. If you're in the chat, you can write it in the chat at home. Say these words, you are not my problem. You may have to turn and find someone behind you. If not, look at me. You are not my problem. You may need to remind yourself of that a hundred times a day when the annoying people are your problem. How many of you have been blessed by God has put one annoying person? Can I see your hands, please? Some of you put two hands up. That's a lot. Here's what I want you to know. When I said that, you thought of somebody. They're my annoying person. I just want you to know, you thought of them and somebody thought of you. You, you can walk out going, you know what I learned today? I learned today that I am somebody's annoying person. (laughs) This is my gift to the world. I have the gift of annoyance. (laughs) That's not a gift. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so the question is, for us as men, how do I live, teach, and be in a world, listen, men, how do I live, be, and use the spiritual gifts that God has given me as a man, how do I live and do and be in this world to damage darkness, not others? How do I live and be in my family in such a way where I won't be perfect? I get that. But how do I keep the bullseye on the target? How do I live and how do I be in the world in such a way as to damage darkness? How do I do that? What does that look like? And here's a little hint. It does not look like you being or having a gift that God hasn't given you. It looks like you using the spiritual gift that God has given you. And so as we shared a moment ago, Gordy can come in with a gift of intercession and he can begin to pray and it makes a Jesus-sized difference. And then you move over to France and France has the gift of hospitality, which is very, very different than the gift of encouragement. And he begins to use it and exercise it in a quiet way and it does damage to darkness that everyone walks in and sees France, his face says, you belong here, you welcome here. And whether it's spoken or unspoken, it does 
does damage to darkness. And then you have Mark that is absolutely quiet and steadfast and his gift of organization in a room that just makes things happen seamlessly, it does damage. Because I've been in churches where nobody has the gift of administration and every the focus never gets on Jesus because it's utter chaos. You do damage not just by being a preacher and talking out loud. You do damage by using the spiritual gift that God has given you. Joseph and Chris and Dawson and every musician. I just learned to play guitar. Excuse me, yeah, it's just an instrument. But in God's hands, it's not just an instrument. It's worship and it does damage to darkness. It really does. I don't know why I got so far back there. The more passionate I got, the further I went. (laughs) It does not have to feel spectacular for it to be supernatural to do damage to darkness. You just got to faithfully engage it. And men, you got it. You really do. You really do. As I said a few moments ago, and I want to repeat again, as a man... If I don't believe I can do something, I won't even try, oftentimes. Because the number one thing that drives my life as a man is this, I just don't want to feel or look dumb. I don't. So when I go to Home Depot, I do not sign up for the build a whatever workshop, because I just, A, I don't want to, but B, I also don't know if I'm gonna actually, like that's not where I excel. I also don't sign up for like website coding. I don't excel there. Now those are very simple illustrations. But Barna did research on men, and you know the number one thing that men feel when it comes to following Jesus? I don't know how. So they may show up with their mom, or they may show up with their girlfriend, or they may show up with their spouse, but for a lot of men, they show up, but they're already shut off. And I want you to know, men, you cannot only do this you can thrive in this. And it's not a motivational speak. It is the power of the Spirit in you that practically can move. And I want to dig into what that looks like. I learned something when I was younger that crystallized for me this October. Listening, I was at a conference and I heard Craig Groeschel speak. And he wasn't speaking particularly to men But when he was speaking, I thought it applied to men. And he said this. He said, in order to stand and be strong in the Lord, every Christ follower, so today, every man, you need to shift your mindset from trying to training. Most men try to follow Jesus. And guess what? If you're like every other man, you'll fail. You'll fail. And when you fail, you can either live in your own strength. I tried that, and I wasn't good at that. Or you can embrace training. Now, when I go to the gym, (laughs) when I go to the gym, Here's, here's what I learned. When I go to the gym and I train, whether it's training my cardio or my weight side strength, here's what I learned. 
my mindset is I'm in training, which means even on the cardio side, when I hit failure, I've done a good job. And my body recovers, and the next day, I can do a little bit more. When I do weight training, if it's a good session, I actually train to failure. And then as I get some more protein in my body and I sleep and I get back the next day, you know what happens? The five-town dumbbell becomes a seven and a half. Some of you are men like, that's all? I don't need to impress you at all. And here's another thing. I'll give you my number one mistake when I went to the gym. This isn't like a fitness instruction. No, I'm just telling you. Here's the number. As a man, I walked into the gym and I was impressed by how much some other men can, and women too, God willing. Oh my gosh, women are so strong. But I walked into the gym and I was so impressed by how much weight that people could lift in comparison to what I could. Here's what, that I didn't pay attention to the right thing. I should have been looking at their form, not how much they were lifting. Because when you learn the right form and you give yourself a little bit of time, guess what? You get to failure and you grow. You get to failure and you grow. You get to failure. The same form at seven and a half pounds is the same form at 225 on the bench. Some of you are like, you bench seven and a half pounds? Don't judge me. (laughs) The same form at seven and a half on the bicep is the same form at 35 pounds. It's not the amount, but it's that working to failure. So men, when it comes to following Jesus, if your mindset is I try and I fail, I try, then I fail, I want to encourage you what the Apostle Paul said. Stop thinking about following Jesus in the the space of trying. Shift over to training. Shift over to, well, I only pray for one minute a day. I only read one verse a day. Don't diminish that. Your form, you are training form to begin to pray. And here's all that's going to happen as you continue to follow Jesus. You pray one minute a day and it becomes two minutes a day, becomes three minutes a day. It is the same form. So, men, you need to get around other men and maybe learn some form and how I do this so that I don't feel dumb when I'm doing it and kind of don't know what I'm doing on my own. In the Old Testament, there's a tribe by the name of Judah. And Judah is a tribe of Israel. And if you read the Old Testament, they lived beside a country named Egypt. And Egypt wants to give them horses. And God wants to give Judah his presence. I'm gonna say it again. In the Old Testament, Judah is a tribe that's close to Egypt. And Egypt wants to give them horses. And God wants to give Judah his presence. And oftentimes, In particular as men, we want the created thing because we know what to do with that thing and we feel uncomfortable with that which we cannot see or control. And as followers of Jesus and as men, I want you to know we are strong in the Lord, not by trusting in horses and chariots, but learning how to train in everything that God has for us. Try is the lifestyle of earning. And men, there is nothing in following Jesus that you earned. Your salvation you didn't earn. 
Your spiritual gifts, you didn't earn. Your Christ-like character, you grow in, but it is the work of the Spirit in you as you do what you do that grows you. It's an extraordinary, extraordinary thing. Training, yeah, it requires effort, but it's not about earning. Christianity is not you do. Christianity is Christ did. And in the power of Christ, we do. Religion is due. Following Jesus is done. And in the done, you begin to do. Entirely, entirely different. And so one of the things that we know we need to start and we don't know exactly what it's gonna look like and perfectly, but there's something that's been, a lot of you as men have been asking for, and it's our announcement today, this November 3rd and, 1st, 3rd and 4th, we are doing a strong men's conference. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, I'm, a, it's a, I'm not gonna stand up and cheer and say, it's gonna be a conference like, like you've never seen before. Well, I, I mean, if you go to a restaurant, I hope they serve like chicken, fish, or steak, or veg vegetables, vegetarian vegetables. If you're good, good, good. Like you go to a restaurant, it's, it's, it's basically those, it's pasta, chicken, beef, fish, uh, tofu. That's what you got. Those are your options. Okay, either you're going to stand at a counter and someone's going to go like, hey, here's your food, or you're going to sit down and they're going to bring you. Restaurant's a restaurant, man. When you come to church, the conference is going to look like a conference. But we're going to lean into one thing, not hype. What does it actually mean to train men to be strong in the Lord on their own, but also together? How do we do that? What does that look like? And so it's going to be $49, November 3rd and 4th. If you're under the age of 18, it's going to be free because you believe investing in the next generation. And registration opens today at strongconference.ca. Um, and it's a mix, this is my sales pitch. It makes a great Father's Day gift. And so like Heart Conference is for women, this is an annual conference to inspire and train men in learning how to be strong in the Lord together. Man, you don't need to be anything other than God has created you to be. And as God has created you to be, here's what the world is craving for, crying for. Strong men, and particularly strong men in the strength that is not theirs and the strength that comes from Christ alone. To become more like Jesus, we all must learn to grow in God's strength. And a key way that God uses men to strengthen other men is to have men pronounce blessing over them. And I wanna do one thing. As a church, I wanna take this Father's Day to honor my father, Pastor Barry. you as my natural father. I want to say thank you for training me and teaching me to train in the ways of the Lord so that I can be strong. And I also want to say thank you on behalf of Orleans, Canada, Cornwall, and Blackburn, and whatever God desires to do, because you are the genesis of what this church is. And so I want to take a moment, we, on, a, on behalf of Life Center, we want to honor you for being the spiritual true father of this house. So happy Father's Day.